This is a Lip Media Podcast. Content discussed on this podcast may be triggering for some individuals. So if you feel like today you can't quite handle it, that's totally fine. You can press pause and come back another day. Remember, we're always going to be here. And if you need immediate help, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. everybody welcome to if you don't mind it's your host madeline Sherrington here it's episode three of season three which is fantastic and amazing but i also feel like before we know it it'll be like episode 20 and the year will be done and it's just it's it's going a bit too fast for me which i feel like i again i say every year but yeah it's going way too fast i don't want to think about it but i digress The thing that you want to hear uh, is about our guest for today. Her name is Conchetta, and she is definitely one of the funniest people I've ever met, um, which helps seeing as she's a comedian. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I think think although this is a very intense, um, difficult subject that we speak about within this episode, it's still, I have not laughed this much and quite some time so hats off to Conchetta for for being able to swing that but um so the main thing we discuss on this episode is Conchetta's experience her lived experience of domestic violence um and what it was like growing up in a household um of domestic violence and uh, what it's been like for her to to leave that house to leave that space and her her recovery journey from then and She's subsequently learnt to understand and unpack that trauma through going to therapy, by talking about it publicly, um, by learning more about it. Um, And she just talks about it in such an articulate, sensitive, but brutally honest way that I thought was just so incredibly moving. And I think when when a person who's experienced that kind of trauma and pain uh, lets us into that narrative and shares it with us. It not only allows, obviously, them to get that story across, but it it's so important for us to understand exactly what that impact has been and those nuances that I guess we wouldn't get usually by just reading about these these stories or these experiences. So, yeah, I was I was just blown away by how um, articulate and um, well-spoken Conchetta was. So, um, yeah, there's obviously a very big trigger warning for this episode, and that is most of what we talk about is domestic violence and trauma from that. Um, We talk about anxiety and depression as well and going to therapy and things like that. But please, if this is something that you are not in... uh, the right headspace to listen to or something that you're not ready to listen to that's that's totally fine you come back when you're ready um but yeah it's it's a it's a fantastic episode i think you're gonna absolutely love it um i'll see you on the other side
Conchetta, welcome to If You Don't Mind. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much, Maddie. It is a true pleasure. Uh, and you know what? There's actually a little bit of a six degrees of separation going on <laughs> here because we both know Maddo, who was yes. our first guest <gasps> on the show ever. Maddo is the best. Maddo's best. Um, and we are also kind of part of, you know, uh, Lip Media, which is very exciting as well. So, you know, we've kind of, we're connected in some ways. I know. This is sort of fate. There yeah. was just going, always going to be a time that we would get to talk to each other about the big stuff. Exactly. And I think, I mean, I have listened to your podcast and I think it's the fucking funniest <laughs> thing. Mainly just the way you talk about, like mundane stuff but in a way that is so hilarious and like every time you and john are talking about like your stomach problems like i get that i have celiac disease and ibs so i get it oh. it really helps me oh my gosh you've been through the ringer oh, absolutely dude. i mean sometimes we would go back and forth of being like god does anyone would anyone find this interesting or entertaining at all and then i think once you give up caring mm. and like just finding the fun with each other we stopped worrying and then we got all this like nice support of people being like yes and yeah. so we we're like okay there's something here with our asses so yeah. that is good it's beautiful it's so real and true it's just you know i can apply it to my own life so therefore i love it um the best but yeah i'd love you to kind of tell uh my listeners who you are what you're about what you do for a living if that's okay with you um it totally is imagine if i was like nope i'm out um (laughs) that is too much too quickly yeah hello everyone my name is conchetta caristo i'm a comedian and performer and improviser all that kind of jazz um and i don't know what else am i i just do that and i also have um i grew up with domestic violence and that's something that i've been like talking more about and trying to i don't know learn more and and, like advocate for that a bit Mm -hmm. more because it like informs so much of who i am um and and how who i am today and all that kind of stuff and i feel like that's it i'm in love i love dogs i have a family these are we're ticking off the mat italian that's a big thing people love to talk about and myself (laughs) (laughs) that's the rundown that's a good elevator pitch i liked that (laughs) thank you i feel like you've you've had to say that a few times potentially yeah i'm always having to define myself in different (laughs) moments and struggling with that do i love it do i not you know you can change your mind or whatever but they're kind of the the consistent things my name my past (laughs) and my current performing arts show business career it's perfect i i always uh make sure i don't ask people that dreaded question of like what are your hobbies because like what does that even mean and also like it puts people on the spot like i can't tell you what they are like i know what they are but i also they're also lame and i don't want to talk about them (laughs) i just feel like anytime anyone asks you any question an answer is out of my head you could ask me what's my favorite color what's my favorite it's like but every minute of every day i have 500 opinions and i'm like god no one's talking about this and then as soon as you do i'm like i have nothing to say and i'm shy (laughs) (laughs) which makes me the perfect guest for your podcast i mean you're gonna do you're gonna do brilliantly (laughs) i know you will so today i think uh the best way to kick things off is to discuss something that you've You've been talking about quite openly and publicly for a while, um, and that is your experience with domestic violence growing up and uh, ultimately leaving that family home. And if you're comfortable, uh, I would really appreciate uh, you sharing that story with us and uh, what that's looked like for the last few years for you in terms of uh, recovery 
and um, processing that trauma. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So the truth is it was just like from the get-go of my life, I just had a, a dad who was, you know, one of like a super loving, funny, amazing, caring, that like dad, like, you know what I mean? Like mm. had all the beautiful stuff. But then the other side, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. The other side of it was w- when you were in trouble or if he got mad or if something, you did something wrong or something went wrong, we're talking like horrible, awful violence that was against myself my sister and my mum. Mm. and I guess the thing is like it's I would say it's a bunch of different factors but maybe it's just you know growing up with it it's all you know it was just like I knew it was like bad or whatever but in my head there was nothing I could do like mm. it was just survival it was just like my day-to-day life of like balancing this and then the other half of it I think is like um I'm, I'm learning more how to be more informed talking about it but it's like perpetrators are very good at um manipulating you into not telling people and that you know they're the victim or that it's like uh, it's like family or like for whatever mm. e- reasons they use i guess i thought i'm like there's no one above my dad i can't go against my family and my dad i don't know what i thought the threat was but in my mind there was no one above my dad truly in the world mm. not the police not the army not like god i'm like this is the man wow. that m- is makes or break my life every day and i just I just remember when I was a kid and I was like um, getting to about, you know, the end of school and uni and thinking about getting married for the first time. And I was like, even then, even if I move out of home Mm. and am married, I'm like, I won't be free because I still have my dad who like is very controlling and would call the shots. And I I even thought about like him having... um, not control but like really having an impact over who i did marry and all that kind of stuff so anyway so that's it was just like my day-to-day life growing up but i also lived a life where you know i was quite like you know i didn't live in poverty or anything i was quite a middle-class family went to a good school i was school captain like my outlet was like school and i've always been i think extroverted and loved being like funny and happy and Mm. um growing up so it's like growing up being yourself but also being a version of yourself which i realized was very much about pleasing one person if that Mm. makes sense and then um when i graduated school i uh went into economics because it was like everyone talked about when I was growing up that I would do law because I was like oh she does debating and she's a smart girl and did I have the ATAR for that no (laughs) ma'am so then we we went into what is the next kind of um uh what's the word like successful type career and we looked at business and then I went to economics but truly Mandy I just couldn't give less of a fuck about economics but that's what I was doing a bachelor of economics at the University of Sydney and it makes everyone proud and blah 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 (laughs) and I did that for a year going to uni but I think towards the end of in this time year 12 and um, uni I was very much burnt out like Mm -hmm. very much struggling with like keeping up this facade of like putting in the work and studying for something that I really did not care about so little did my father know at the time but I was going to university and you know started with like going to lectures and shoots and then slowly just like would miss things and just Mm. you know made it more about like the friendships I made and just like had to lie to his face and pretend that I was doing fine Mm. and then sometime in the year I can't remember if it was the middle of the year or whatever but 
um, I'm in the car with my mum and my sister. Mum would drive, like, you know, my sister to school. She was still at school at the time. And me to, like, a station to go to uni. And I remember them pitching to me, like, out of the blue, being like, what if we looked at running away from your dad and I just it just was like I had never considered that or thought it was even possible until that exact moment and I was like oh my god like really like yeah okay and I think again because I was the eldest and maybe more of the people pleaser I I just remember I think they were like maybe a bit testing to see if I would be like no I want to stay and I was like no of course I don't want to stay you psychos yes I want to go I just didn't know we could do that and then that set into motion this like the you know the catalyst of my entire life where for the next couple of months we were doing things in secret of like putting away clothes and like getting stuff together and mum was doing all the you know I don't know the adult stuff of figuring out where we'd, we would go and how we would support ourselves financially. Mm. Just like some crazy CIA shit Jesus. we're talking, you know, and knowing that I'm eventually going to go and knowing that I can't tell anyone. And the only person I told was my um, boyfriend at the time. And I mm. had to sort of explain, you know, this is my situation. We're running away. And also here's to show like the nuance of being a victim and survivor. I was breaking up with this boyfriend because of the excuse of I'm running away and I can't sustain this relationship. But I also was using it as an excuse because I did not love him as much as he loved me. So see, I am also a villain in this story. I have nuance. I'm not a perfect person. I was a... um, And nobody is. Nobody is. (laughs) Nobody is. And that is something to celebrate. Um, But yeah, so then we... I remember it was like um, Halloween, so October 31st of 2013, or like the morning of or something, In like doing our normal run to go to school and do the drop-offs. And we packed the car and didn't look back and we went and and went to a a a refuge and that was the start of you know the rest of my life where we then um were in a refuge for a couple of months getting ready to then move across the country and legally change our names and live as different people on the other side of the country where we'd never been before and knew no one to just like survive like that was the option that we thought was the only way we could get out Mm. of this alive i guess and then then yeah i lived a year as a different person but also in this insane turmoil of thinking cool so now i don't have like an abusive controlling father my whole life should fall into place and um i'm sure the audience can tell what's that thing where it's like is it irony like dramatic irony where it's like you all know no sweetie it is not not happening (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so then it was a big thing of like having freedom but also knowing that i like sacrificed everything i didn't tell my best friend of like 10 years i didn't tell like cut family like people who I love no one knew what had happened why I went where we went and sort of like grappling with that and then things kind of started to fall apart like holes came up in the plan of just starting again and not having any contact but it eventually meant that we came back to Sydney not to like live with my dad or anything but um just to like try a new way of surviving when we thought that the threat of actually being in danger was not in the way that it it didn't pan out that way so then ever since then it's been like how do I manage like being me and living my own life and um dealing with like I don't know the repercussions of all that kind of stuff and I slowly got to figure out like through therapy and 
through all different types of relationships of learning like how to live a life that I choose because Mm. before then it was just never even in my mind and not really an option and that sort of led me to you know I went to a different uni and I found out about performing and I started doing theater sports and improv then I took classes and then that led me into like meeting other like-minded people and then I eventually tried stand-up and I don't know I think it's maybe seven years later that now I'm just kind of like doing my thing and and being like the most version of myself I've ever been and that I would say is like a, a a rundown of how we got to where I am right now. Wow, I mean, very very concise. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I mean, that's just so much to experience in like such a short amount of time. Like, it's yeah. so, I mean, obviously, I know it was longer than yeah the way. Like, that's obviously yeah so much yeah. to experience in such a short yeah. time. But I'm really, I guess, I'm really interested in that point you made. Uh, just backtracking a little bit in the yeah. sense that uh, yeah, you you fix this thing in your life or you come you come to this conclusion or you, you get out or you mm. I don't know for some people it's lose weight or break up with a person yes. and you're like yeah, yeah. okay everybody's going to think everything's going to be fine now <laughs> mm-hmm. all sorted but unfortunately like uh, no it's just no. the it's just <laughs> it's small the start part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'd really like to kind of hear about your experiences with like going into therapy for the first time because that can be really daunting but it's also like and Mm. I think you probably agree with me I think everything everybody should go to therapy oh Oh, I mean tattoo that on my back above my ass I want everyone Mm. in every corner of the world if you can do it to go to therapy like I sound like I'm the head of a cult but I can't (laughs) help it I I just know that there's nothing better and I always want to say this of like you don't have to have had intense psychological trauma for you to benefit from therapy therapy is inherently like a process of learning about yourself and how you think and how you how you work in a way that um, just strengthens your relationship to yourself and your mind. And it just like affects every single part of you. And the reason I got into therapy is because of a relationship that I was in. Mm. And um, you're absolutely right. Like it's a, it's a big daunting thing to start. And I totally understand people's like fear around it. And the story of how I got into therapy, I think is like so funny and perfect to show that like, sometimes you just are pushed to the brink where you like give it a go. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So after that year in Perth and then after a year of like coming back and sort of walking the line of who am I and how, you know, how do I fit into Sydney again after running away and who are my friends and all that kind of stuff. And I started to venture into doing more performing arts. I, um, met this like wonderful guy who also was a performer and we started dating and I was like smitten and he was smitten too. And it was so like lovely, mm. but as it was going along, like I was an awful partner like that. I love to put this on the record was just like experiencing so much and very reactive, if that makes mm. sense. So there would be really high highs and really low lows. And I, I would try to think of like examples, but like just very sensitive and very, um, needing a lot of um reassurance yeah reassurance and like attention and like very insecure and all this stuff and it's manifesting in things like yeah we'd have like a really nice time and i remember he was once late to just like us like i don't know having a date or something and i remember us like 
fighting on the phone and it was me because I was so upset and he was mm. like I'm sorry like I was just playing some Mario Kart and I had to do the washing and in my brain I was like so you put washing and Mario Kart above me I am nothing you and 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 like just this kind of all so then you know and why it I think it it went as long as it did or it worked so well is because he was so compassionate and like mm. understanding and when we would come back down to you know less intense things he would be able to like talk me through it and just showed me like a lot of love and compassion that I am eternally grateful for but it meant that he eventually had to be like this takes a toll on me of you mm. reacting and not really knowing why and like lashing out at me or punishing me like that's a thing I would definitely do um of like ignoring him and stuff like that just like really chaotic and he was the person who said to me like I think it would mean a lot to me if you looked at speaking to someone so we could figure out how to like make this better and for you to understand. And I'm pretty sure I would have been again, like that comes to me as like, Oh, so you don't love me enough Mm. that you need me to change. You know what I mean? Like your brain is always looking for these opportunities to be like, you're rejecting me. You're rejecting me. I'm not enough, blah, blah, blah. But I think eventually because of my love for him and knowing that it like was draining on him, Mm. I think that's led me to be like, yeah, okay. And also my mom at the time, was seeing this um I, I don't know what the word is maybe she's like a social worker or a counselor I think it's counselor and yep. she told me she was like she's amazing she's like you have to see her wow. um she's been really helping me and she is like an expert in trauma and domestic violence and stuff like that and so I think those things coincided where I was like okay that's it like I had I was lucky that I had like a good reference my own mom and I had this like um you know my partner really trying to be like please do this for me and for us so I remember going to see her her name is Anouk I'm pretty sure I can name her it's all fine and um I sat down and I was and she's like so what's going on I'm like well I have this amazing boyfriend and I'm just like being a psycho so like how do we fix this I'm like let's just fix me in terms of this relationship it's really weird and then she was like (laughs) yeah and um she was like cool okay so let's talk about your your dad and your past and I was like wait a minute that doesn't I don't get beat anymore like that he has nothing to do with it like it just did not occur to me that that these things would be related Mm. and through months of like this therapy and doing the work I got to learn that it's like yeah honey you do not just it doesn't just switch off like I literally had PTSD and anxiety and depression and like learning the way that my brain was trained since I was a kid because like I got to learn about you know my my dad and how when he would like go from loving me a lot and then like beating me or whatever it's like conditional love it's things about rejection it's thinking that you're defective and just it just like I remember craving going to therapy because it just gave me this understanding of why I would feel these intense things and it meant that I could like go away and just reflect on things and um, do the kind of work of like realizing when it would be like red flags and all that kind of Mm. stuff so that really started to help me um, figure out what was going on and also I think it's like having a different perspective it's like not enough to just talk to friends sometimes like friends are amazing but having a professional who is informed in like the brain and all that kind of stuff is just it's just I just think it's imperative like it's so helpful for whatever you're going through yeah so then that started also to get me on a journey of 
having the courage to live my own life and go my own way, which was talking about, you know, if I dropped out of uni that I'm not a failure and the worth of living a life that like being my authentic self, which I mm-hmm. think is the thing that I most wanted to do when I was a kid and was never um, valued, if that makes sense. Like yep. if you're only grown up with parents, and I'm sure so many people can relate to this, of like your parents putting you in a box of this is what we see as what you need to do and is what is best for you and the things that you want fall outside of that. That is like a really hard thing to deal with and to live up to. And so I owe so much to uh, like having a nook in my life and all that kind of stuff that um, it just sort of changed everything for me. And even now, again, like I'm like, well, I'm even more out of domestic violence, but I'm it it helps me still learn how to be myself and to navigate the world, Mm. even though it's like I'm um, yeah, I don't know. Just all these experiences just add into your little back, the backpack on your back and you just keep going and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I completely agree. I feel like when you go to therapy uh, and you have those breakthroughs, you're like, fuck, I'm stupid. Like that I have to <laughs> talk to this person and pay all this money to have this basic ass realization but when you have them they're life-changing they're life-changing and guess what you're not stupid (laughs) you're a humble human being who is not supposed to like i also think about people who try to really i think my sister is a bit like this god love her but she's like four years younger than me but thinks that she can like fully solve her own problems and i know like we can all be guilty of that like for sure and sometimes you can have those wins but i just know that if you allow yourself to be vulnerable and to allow for a different informed kind of perspective it just really helps you move along and there's no shame in it and it only nourishes you i just don't know how i could like try and sell it more it's like (laughs) it is only going to it gets it gets worse before it gets better and it's just about if you're ready to do the work the work will like show you the way that's yes, that's I what agree. i think it's about. i think that's the thing i i recently uh stopped like i've been seeing a therapist mm. for obviously back and forth for lot many years and i yep, i yep. kind of graduated from this current one i guess uh for mm-hmm. the time being because i felt like i'd learned everything i could from him and yeah maybe yep. i'll go back down that road again one yeah. day but i think the best thing he taught me was like this idea of your core beliefs and what you believe to be true about yourself and how those can then impact your behavior and your way of thinking and that kind of stuff and as people we never really sit down you know and think okay as a person as as me Mm. like what do i really really Mm. care about and what is so important to me that it impacts all my decision making all my relationships and i think when you do that it's like this little mini secret tool that no one else has (laughs) yeah and you use it um, on anything and everything mm-hmm. and it's like your little su- like little secret superpower yeah um it's incredible and you, but yeah. you're right you can't do that by yourself because as as people in society we have been taught that uh well the only way to do it is by ourselves but it's just not possible because no, we're so much more not. complex than that we're and complex. Yeah, yes. if you're not talking about your feelings and your emotions you're just kind of sitting there letting them fester um and it's amazing when you're right you have someone who's like studied the brain mm-hmm. and is objective and has no like literally doesn't know who you are like yeah. from the bar, like doesn't doesn't wasn't there that time you were like 16 and you like threw up in the street you know what i mean like they don't have any of that all they know mm. about is this story that you're telling them and the symptomology and all that kind of stuff and they can then yeah make all these kind of like inferences from that and i think 
yeah. your friends and your family and your partner can't do that. <laughs> they just no, can't. no, no. They they they're good support, but it's not the same work. That just made me think of two things that I want to quickly say. Yes, go one ahead. is. Um, I also think about this and I feel for my friends who go out to find like, um, you know, the psychologist or the psychiatrist or the counselor and like, it feels like it's not vibing and yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? And, yes. and people make it seem like it's so easy and it, but oh, I just realized no. it's like, it's not, it's almost like the same as the dating game. Of, yes. I feel like who it is and how you connect with them is just as important as if it's like who you're about to like be, be in a relationship with. So I just always think like I got lucky that I'm, had my mum recommend this woman who also it went off with me too so I was like yes I'm obsessed but like you also need to appreciate like their relationships where maybe you'll be with them forever maybe you'll only be with them for a couple of months maybe you need to move on like you said like you learnt everything you could you graduated like that's all okay you just Mm. figure it out with who it works and how it works and I totally understand that it can sometimes just be like a waiting game or a timing thing and it's like just keep going and try it again you know what I mean when people are like they're like no there's no one out there who could love me like everyone's a shit it's like no 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 i know that it feels like that but just have hope and have faith because it will hopefully come through and the second thing i wanted to say which was i really built up that i had this funny story of what got me to therapy and then it entirely wasn't and it's because i forgot to say it (laughs) but in amongst all that stuff i said which is true and that my boyfriend was like come on go see a therapist i told this story for like um FBI has this podcast called All the Best. I love like all a the best. Yes. We love all the best. And yes. I told it for that. And um, I, I'm going to reference it now. But one of the big moments, I think, where it was like, okay, Conchetta, you, you cannot um, handle yourself and your emotions was just, again, I'll make it quick. But there was one time we were at a party with my boyfriend. And I remember literally just watching him talk to another a literal friend of mine and I remember just becoming so I was so insecure and so jealous I was like she's so amazing they're gonna fall in love blah 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 and the way that I handled those um uncomfortable feelings were by one absolutely ignoring the shit out of him Mm. all night at a party and number two drinking my tits off when I have alcohol which I have since learned does not go well with my body and I remember fleeing the party like in an uber super dramatically when he just kept asking like what's wrong what's wrong and i was like no i'm leaving and i got in this uber and it was taking me home and then all of a sudden i was like sir please pull over the car and then i got out of the car i fell onto the sidewalk and i just could not move and was like feeling sick and vomity and um cut to my mom had to drive over (laughs) pick me up and i shit in the gutter on norton street in front of her um just pulled my little g-banger to the side (laughs) let it rip into the gutter and um yeah and then mum was furious took me home and that sort of was like okay mum was like do not tell anyone about that ever if you want to be a human who has friends and a partner but I remember sitting with it being like how can I not mention this when people ask me the next day like how are you I want to be like yeah you know just shat in a gutter and here I am today stuck in bed but I have to be like no I'm all good things just chill nothing much and so I think that was like a pivotal moment Mm. of being like sweetie darling what is going on you've (laughs) you've literally done an insane thing and you cannot it's not sustainable so sometimes it just becomes the thing where it's like this is not sustainable for me to keep doing having these unhealthy coping mechanisms and that is the story you're welcome tie it with a bow I loved it. I lo- and that's so true. Like the sustainability factor. Mm. Yes. Mm. I, and you know what? Everybody has their, their moment where they're like, 
fuck. This is too much. And it just, <laughs> yeah. for you, it's shitting in a gutter. For Absolutely. many people, it's other things. It could be something less. Something yeah, less. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, apples and oranges. It's all it's all the same. But no, I, I totally agree. I think a lot of us reach a point where we're like, I can't do this again. Otherwise, I'm going yeah. to lose everybody I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, people just, are going to hate me. Yeah. Or just look in the mirror and be like, are you happy with yourself? Yeah. In, right do you now? like this? But, but also, no, yeah. no, no, no shame. People shit themselves all the time. Yeah. It's one of my favorite moments in my entire life looking back um but yeah it was just like i remember that being like this happened because something is going on inside you that i think you need to figure out why do you know what you need to listen to you know jonathan (gasps) van ness from yes jvn yeah we love so he has a podcast called getting curious i think that's what it's called it's fucking hilarious Mm. and he has an episode where he interviews jamila jamil (gasps) yes and they tell they both tell stories about where they like shit themselves in public and hers is just like Nothing I've ever heard before. Oh, I've, I, my I've God. heard a lot of those stories from friends. Like, for some reason, every person I know has IBS. It's just this thing that <laughs> connects us all. It's really beautiful. <laughs> it is. It's really beautiful. Um, so they've all had, you know, like, shitting in the woods stories. But um, that oh. that one is... You ha- I ha- you have oh, my God, I will. It. Thank too, you for the recommendation. It's too much. It's too... I, I just... <laughs> like, I couldn't... It's like when you're watching something so fucked, but you can't look away. It's the same thing. Yeah. You're like, this is fucked, but I have to know how this ends. Shit, I'm like, so excited. His is, his is intense, but hers, hers is just the next level. <laughs> it's like, okay, everyone pause this podcast and let's go listen to that and then come back yeah, come and then back. we'll kick this off. <laughs> exactly. And all I can say is she was very lucky she wasn't really famous then because wow. if it happened to her when she was famous, I feel like it would be all over the tabloids. But anyway, okay, uh, we digress. But something <laughs> I just wanted to kind of circle back to that um, we were talking about regarding finding therapists. Also, don't feel like a you're being impolite if you go you know what you're not for me (gasps) yes like i Mm -hmm. i actually spoke to my therapist about this once he's like yeah we don't we don't that's not a thing we uh get offended by like they know that Mm. just because they're trained the same way as every other psychologist doesn't mean that they're going to click with you so they're not going to get offended totally but it's i think it's fair to like have that anxiety but it's yeah. like boo boo like send send the text send the email see him whatever you do and then just like move it on like yeah. feel garbage and then just know that life moves on and yeah. it's all good and if you're using your like 10 free sessions or whatever like, like oh the yeah thing that the government gives us these days which is not mm-hmm. enough but anyway different. it's now 20 it's now is 20. It really oh that's amazing i swear um, that's i know so it's good. huge so yeah like you only have a limited amount don't waste them on yeah, that's that so true. You don't <gasps> click with. Oh my god, sorry. Can I just actually say that now that I remembered, yeah. I had an experience with a a bat like with a um counselor that I did not match with. It was when I was living in Strathfield, I went to the local doctor and they were like, "Yeah, we got one here. It's this guy." And it was just like this old white man um. who I just was like not vibing and he just gave me like dad vibes where I was mm. like, "I'm feeling all this stuff." And he was like, "I think you need to go to uni and you need <laughs> and I was just like, "I hate what? everything you're saying." And I will and I think maybe either I had one or two sessions, but it just did not pop off and did I go back and see that man? Absolutely not. So Fair. I totally forgot that, that happened where it's like you'll know it you'll feel it when you're like i don't think you get me and what is happening it's like a vibe it's all vibes my millennial people will know you can feel the vibes and it counts it counts in therapy yeah for older people it's a gut feeling is what we're referring to (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you for the translation (laughs) yeah no i had one who forgot my name 
uh, and confused me with another patient. And I was oh, like, well, that's rough. we're done. That's, continue it's kind you. of, yeah, it's like imagine that on a date. It's like, you know, they're human and they make mistakes, but if it's enough for you to walk on yeah. and move on, you got to do you. Exactly. Okay, well, let's take a little quick break um, and then we'll come back and we're going to talk about lots of more stuff lots of more stuff lots more stuff <laughs> okay welcome back Conchetta thank you so much for the first half of that interview that was so fucking funny and amazing and you're, you're brilliant um, <laughs> I could talk to you for hours uh, we have to keep this under an hour because yes. studies show that people don't want to listen to podcasts that are longer than an hour they're like fuck this is too long my totally. attention span's done so I get that I'm trying to you know cater to the people we love um, I guess something I would really like to talk to you about now is something that you uh mentioned in this like participant form that i get everybody to fill out and that is um that it's that dv is dv is obviously super complex and Mm -hmm. understanding that just because someone's hurt you that that doesn't mean that you don't love them and kind of you know people assuming that quite often to be the case um if you're comfortable i'd really love for you to speak to that a little bit more Well, yeah, I think that's the important thing of like everything is nuance and complexity. And I mean, it's different for everyone. But in my situation, like um, my father was someone who obviously brought a lot of pain and hurt and all that kind of stuff. But I think I've sort of chosen to... um, forgive him for those but not in the way that it like absolves everything it's like i love him despite all the hurt that he has like um caught like brought in my life in like Mm. and there's times where i never want to speak to that man ever again and there's times where i will miss him and um miss like some of the great moments we shared or the feelings he made me feel which were like positive and it's Mm. like you know being a survivor or a victim or whatever like it is complex like he's my father he's like someone who you know it's like a parent child relationship it's like a inherently um strong like it's different for everyone but like it's complex like you are tied to your parents and however way you feel about it i think it's just not always black and white and i just feel like um it's a thing of just understanding that these relationships are complex and i feel like a really easy pattern for people to fall into is to question victims and be like why did you stay or why didn't you leave or why did you talk to him and it's i'm pretty sure it even goes over to like sexual abuse victims which obviously i can't speak for but it's just this thing of um you can't just like have a blanket answer for this stuff and Mm. you you can't it's it's, I think it's this thing of victim blaming if it's like we should be talking about um, looking at the perpetrator's actions and why they've done that and why it's harmful rather than judging and critiquing um, victims who have a myriad of ways of survival and relationships to the 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 perpetrator of the violence so yes. i think um and it's fine. i was just talking about it with my like beautiful stunning boyfriend who i'm trying to um get him to like learn along with me about yeah. um stuff which is just like is so meaningful to me and um he said to me he was like um someone else was talking about dv and he was like i feel like some people would probably wonder like why do you still speak to your father and it's like that's i think sometimes like that's fair but it's like if you give me the chance and give um survivors and victims the chance to 
like figure it out it's Mm. like just because if i choose to have my father in my life when i want to and in environments that i want to if that makes sense like Mm. if i see him on my terms like it's very different to me being stuck in a house where he's like abusing the whole family versus me moving on and being the person i want to be and my dad like begrudgingly understanding that like letting go of control of me if that makes sense like that is ultimately up to me what relationship I want to have as long as I feel safe and comfortable and like it's just a nuanced thing like and maybe there's times where and I've talked about this with friends where like we won't speak to them or we won't hear from them we won't we like they're doing um they make me feel like emotionally like not great and then there's times where Mm. you know it's just something I'll have to think about forever I, I always think about my future wedding I'm like is my dad going to be a part of that? Like, do I yeah. want him to walk me down the aisle or do I not want him to? Like, ultimately, again, it's like I have those choices and can make those decisions, but I think it's just leaving. It's And I know it's hard for people. I love to judge. We love to judge. We're humans. Oh, we're yeah. obsessed. Oh, but it's yeah. like when we're talking about this really complex trauma and relationships, you just have to. You don't help. You only harm by... Mm. Um, putting what you think you would have done on a situation when it's like honey you don't know and all you can do is just be there and support so I'm really grateful that I'm like surrounded by lovely kind friends and my partner and my family and stuff who just kind of like are there for me when I need to be and I feel like that's just like what it's about it's yeah it's just and also understanding the complexity of perpetrators where again I understand that people think that it's like they're monsters that it's like a binary of good and evil Mm. and it's just not it boo-boo and also people think that it's like when you think of a perpetrator you think that they're awful all the time and it's not like so many perpetrators i think about this are like funny charming charismatic handsome beautiful people like again it's light and shade in that and i always i'm like dying to say this to everyone all the time but i always point people to rihanna and chris brown we are talking the most ultimate goal boss in the entire world sexy gorgeous perfect amazing with the coolest guy that ever was in he was just like everyone was obsessed with chris brown and you've got a victim and you've got a perpetrator and to me i'm like there you go that's that's algebra for you like you can't that's how complex it is that's how complex it is do you know what i mean it's like and it's hard to wrap your head around it because chris brown isn't doing songs where he's like beating up women and he's like not smart it's like yeah he has that and he also has the other parts that come out for a myriad of different reasons so Anyways, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, it's all about complexity, but I feel like the more we talk about it, the more that people can kind of start to empathize and understand because I just feel like it can be pretty simplistic sometimes for people when they think about it. Definitely. I mean, as someone who's not experienced it, I feel like the only way I can properly learn about it is talking to people who have experienced it. Um, And I think the fact that you're one so articulate about it but also so open about it is what makes listening to your story so powerful because i think obviously a lot of the time the stories we hear are kind of neatly packaged up and uh Mm. you know that they're kind of stories on on websites and news articles and things like that Mm. and that's only so much you can only get so much from those but i think having someone like yourself saying outrightly it's so much more complex and i'm the one who's experienced it yeah um, is so powerful and i guess it kind of leads into that point of even when you leave there's it's always going to be 
you know, impacting on you because you're yeah. right. Like, how do I make these choices? Is my dad going to be at my wedding? Is he going to be involved? Is he going to walk me down the aisle? Is he going to meet mm-hmm. my kids? All those mm-hmm. kind of things. Uh, it's it impacts you, you know, forever yeah. essentially. And I think yeah. I think a lot of people don't know that or think about yeah. that. Totally. And it's hard. It's like, why would you? But that's why I just feel like it's important the more that we listen to these stories and share these stories is that you learn that it's always around the corner. There'd be someone you know who's gone through something. And I've been listening a lot to um, Jess Hill, who is this incredible journalist who Mm -hmm. just um, wrote this book called See What You Made Me Do about domestic violence. And I... I ran into her I mean it didn't run into her she was sitting next to me at a cafe and I like I like gasped I like was like oh my god I can't believe she's here and my friend's like what are you talking about and I went over and I was like I just have to say I know who you are and I'm Conchetta and I've like experienced TV and I just wanted to thank you for all the work you do and I just absolutely cried and she couldn't have been more sweet and oh. gracious and lovely and so I've been listening to her um she's like does podcasts and whatever and um she was talking about how this book, which has just gone absolutely off and is, mm. like, winning all these awards and it's just, like, amazing to have to, like, br- bring these stories to the forefront, was she talked about how um, the, the the victim survivors are the experts rather than just, like, talking to experts, like, psychological, and then just having victims talk about this. Like, I'm, you know, nowhere mm. near the research she's done, but it was just, like, that's the point. Like, the people who go through this and have their stories are experts in the things that they're talking about. Like, I... I inherently know the feeling and what it's like to like have this like survival and fight and fly and to and to manage it and all that kind of stuff. So it's like you gain a lot by listening to people. And I think about it like you know how there's this um there was the Michael Jackson documentary which yes. came out where the survivors got to speak and we've got the one now with oh what's his name and he's the the director Mia Farrow and oh uh, uh, Harvey Harvey Weinstein no no no, no um. Uh, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Woody Allen documentary. Like, there's just so... There's, like, now we're getting these stories from victim survivors, which I think really challenge people, but also force them to, like, listen and to hear what it's like for you to, like, take... um, what is the word not on it like just take a hold of your experience and your story your and narrative you, yeah your narrative and be like this is what it's like on the other side and i just know i'm watching or it's so easy i think for people to be like oh like no and like blah 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 you're always i think gonna have those people but i also think like mm. it's just like the more we talk about this and 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 explain like how it is this complex thing that you you couldn't know unless you went through it and how we're just really like privileging like survivors speaking and sharing the stories and then it means other people come out i just think that is a really amazing thing that's happening and so that's why i just hope it's happening more especially in australia with um domestic violence i think it's just so prevalent it's just so prevalent and so um you know like hard to fully perfectly like put into a box all the time no for sure and i i think you're right like having that peer model i guess like in mental health we talk about a lot about people who've experienced mental ill health actually helping those who are experiencing mental ill health because no psychologist unless they've experienced it can say this is what it feels like this is what's going to help you uh and yes it's the same it's the same kind of model right it's getting people who've experienced the thing to then be the people who you know impact that change because they know what change needs to happen it's like when Mm -hmm. it's like when back in the day there was like a man who was minister for women (laughs) yeah 
and you were like, how does this translate? Like, oh, it just no, he gets it. Yeah, oh, he gets it. You know it. what I mean? So it's like, it's that same idea of like, put the person who's experienced the thing in charge of changing or addressing the thing. Yeah. Or at least have those voices adding to, you know, the lawmakers and the, and, and the other experts and stuff like that. It can only help. Yes, I think I agree. Um, we are nearly running out of time, Ooh. but I have two more questions. Um, sure, I'll fly through it. I'll make them. Sh- quick. <laughs> um, I correct me if I'm wrong, but a, a year or two ago, a year or two ago, you did a show, um, and you kind of spoke about this experience in that mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Um, could you like tell us about that and how what that meant for you? Absolutely. So um, we are talking about the show Loose that was written by um, myself and my amazing, talented writer friend, Hannah Pembroke, that was like debuted at the Sydney Fringe Festival in 2019. And then um, we actually got accepted into um, Batch at Griffin Theatre, which is like this amazing program where they like program a week of shows from new and exciting voices. And then obviously that all went down the toilet with COVID in 2020. But so um sorry. So yeah, it, it affected me the most out of anyone. Yeah. So um <laughs> please uh feel um sad for me. But anyways, no, we wrote this show and I'm so grateful to Hannah because um she's a good friend of mine who knew of my story and um helped give me the the words to then share it and make it into this kind of beautiful, poignant um, one woman show that we wrote together, which was like so amazing for me to perform, which was about um, uh, the year that I spent living as a different person in Perth. So I changed my mm. name to Sienna de Grac, and you can absolutely find me on Facebook, my yeah. old page. And um, we just tell the story of, you know, from the catalyst of running away and trying to um, chase this ideal life that I thought that I had, like, no reason why I shouldn't. So I remember I had like uh, the kind of main through line of it was that I had this list of things that I had to tick off to like be a loose and cool um, free person. So it would things like get a cool job for the first time and like go on dates with strangers for the first time and like you know have friends that like go to brunch and like you know like sleep over at people's houses like just all these things I'd never done before and just having really high expectations and obviously comedy coming from like this girl who was so hopeful but absolutely like not allowing for any kind of room for failure Mm. and like discovery and then yeah so it's just like that kind of it's just like this hopeful story that yeah I wrote with Hannah and uh, yeah, I'm just so grateful that she helped me to start to share a story that like came out in a way that people could, it really walked the line of vi- victims aren't, victims are seen as really like black and white and you can only like feel pity for them and whatever when it's like actually they're all types of people who live colorful lives and can go on to just do, be and do whatever. And so I was like so proud and grateful to like have done that show 
That's fabulous. And did you did you get like amazing kind of feedback and and you know people saying like this this was super helpful or like changed my perspective? Yeah, well, actually, won an Oscar and an Emmy <laughs> and a Pulitzer. Um, <laughs> no, it, it it got like wonderful reviews oh, and like fantastic. we sold out some of the nights, which is really cool. And it um yeah, I mean, it getting accepted into Griffin and it ended up getting me like management. Like I think it really did go go absolutely off um part of my french and so <laughs> yeah i i think it's now um like hannah and i are sort of like doing different things but i'm now taking my story and like writing a new show um that should be coming up for like this year in the season so look out for that um Ooh, yes, yeah because i just that's the that's the dream is just to share my story and um get people thinking about it and understanding like the complexity of victims and survivors and Hmm. yeah that's just like to me my like life's work is to do that i love that that's amazing well whenever that happens i'm there oh yeah oh i'm so grateful that would be amazing i'm so excited to say that that would be fantastic um i guess my last question for you before we wrap up uh would be for anyone out there who's kind of uh experienced trauma before and they're they're Mm. they're not sure how to go about starting therapy or finding a psychologist and they're feeling apprehensive about it what's some Mm -hmm. advice that you would give them to kind of kickstart that journey um god i just know what it's like when you have so much anxiety and your brain just like puts you in a box of like um not doing anything your brain like shuts every little thing down and i know what it's like where you're just like sometimes i wish i could um cut open my head take out my brain and then Mm -hmm. shut it and then try and living without like all this like stress and stuff in your mind but i feel like my tip is it's just about putting through pushing through if you have like a friend or someone who could like make you accountable and be like i need you to i want to do this like i have a goal of just getting a a therapist which you then break down into you need to go to a doctor like you need to just make that doctor's appointment and then you show up and then you like do the mental health check and then you've got to like i think either they recommend someone or then you could like find someone yourself or whatever it's like just try do take it one tiny baby step at a time like just book that doctor's appointment mm. you know what i mean We're like i feel yes. this about stand-up comedy every time before i do a show do you think i want to do the show absolutely not do i have <laughs> terrible diarrhea absolutely yes and i do not want to do the show and the reason i like it is because the second they call my name and i have to walk on the stage i'm doing it and then it's done and yes. i feel better and i can't get out of it in the moment so i just feel like if you can just do whatever you can to just like do that reach out i always feel like asking for help like i see people who post on facebook and they're like hey can anyone recommend someone you always will generally get people who are so happy to help Mm -hmm. i always feel like just ask someone who you trust or if you know someone who's seeing someone find out because they usually could like recommend you someone or be like this is what i did so i feel like make it baby steps pick the brains of your friends if you need someone to make you accountable just do it just do the thing and let your brain keep saying the bad things because they won't stop until you just like it, they won't stop like that's just called managing mental health yeah but just make yourself do the thing because you will you will um benefit from it i love that that's absolutely perfect Thank you. Message me. I'll keep you accountable. I'm, <laughs> I'm on public. I'm, I'm around. I'll help you. <laughs> that's brilliant. No, that's a absolutely perfect advice. Well, um, Conchetta, thank you so much for coming on the show. I've had such a fun time talking to you. You're fucking hilarious. 
but also at the same time so articulate, which I think is just, again, so important. We need people like you who are able to kind of really uh, connect with the nuances and the complexities of this of this stuff and just, you know, communicate it in such a, uh, an articulate way. So thank you so much for sharing your story. I really thank appreciate you, it. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you, thank you. It's taken me a little bit to get here and that's another thing for survivors. I think it's hard. You don't come out knowing exactly how to say it and that's mm. okay. Mm. And also I want to thank you for having a show like this. I think oh, it's a brilliant, incredible thing to do. You just ask people about what they've gone through because I think that's there's a you know you can you can hear all the like facts and figures you want, but through stories and through people's um, own experiences, you can just like learn in a totally more personal and like I don't know life changing way. So thanks for thanking me, but I'd like to thank you right back. Oh, br- thank you. So much. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I really I can't deal with the uh, compliments, but thank you. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Conchetta. See you. Bye. Welcome back, guys. I hope you liked that one. As I said, it's it's an amazing talent to speak about something so articulately and so realistically um, and also just be so fucking funny the same time <laughs> it's a really an amazing talent and I think yeah it was just absolutely so so great to uh, interview Conchetta and I think she's going to have an amazing career and if you want to follow her or kind of get to know her more best way to do that is just check her out on Instagram she is Conchetta worldwide all in one word so it's C-O-N-C-E-T-T-A for Conchetta worldwide um, and I'm pretty sure, yeah, definitely, she has a new podcast out called Big Natural Talents. So I'm, I haven't listened to it, but I can probably tell you just by looking at the, the cover artwork that it's hilarious. Yeah, she's, she's fabulous. Um, and she also told me uh, when we stopped recording that she's going to hopefully be doing another uh, gig soon, which will, be, which will be tackling some of the same issues that we spoke about today. So when that happens and when that's live, I will pop that up on our Instagram so you can have a look. Um, but yeah, thank you again, Conchetta, for such a fabulous interview. Um, well, that's it for this episode, episode three. But as usual, there's a few ways that you can chat to me, interact with the pod if you would like to. On Facebook, it's just if you don't mind, it'll pop up there. Uh, Instagram is if you don't mind podcast. If you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at if you don't mind podcast at gmail.com. If you want to be on the show, I'm looking for new guests all the time. So please, if you feel like potentially we want to be on, but you're not sure and you and you're kind of like umming and ahhing, just send me a message, email, whatever. I will chat you through the process. Um, and if you feel like becoming a patron of the show, you can totally do that for as little as $2 a month. Just head to patreon.com and type in if you don't mind and you'll find it there. Um, well, that's it for episode three, guys. As usual, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to one another. Be kind to yourselves, be kind to those around you, um, and listen to someone's story because uh, chances are you've not experienced the same things they have, and and I guarantee you it'll benefit you uh, learning about someone else's. I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>